1: The last year's Bulls. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast for part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, as always, I'm here with Jason Pat. Jason, the Bulls just got absolutely smoked in Summer League. In their second game of the Summer League, the Bulls fall to 1-1. One one. They lose to the New York Knicks one 69 Just a blowout from the opening tip, man. The Bulls, I believe, started 0-11 from the field. Something like that. No goals. <laughs> Uh, they got outscored in the first quarter, 27 to 11 in the second quarter was even uglier. So the Knicks just ran up the score on the bulls from early in the game. Pretty good third quarter for the bulls. I actually just rewatched it. Some nice Dalen Terry moments. He finished with 10 points in that quarter. Uh, but in general, this was just a pathetic performance from the bulls, a really poor performance from Marco Simonovic and pretty, pretty rough day for Dalen Terry as well. So, uh, Jace, how are you feeling after watching that game? And, you know, Bulls now 1-1 and in the Summer League. How you feeling about the Summer bowl so far? Yeah,
2: so the first game was obviously a lot of fun. Comeback, they came back from down 60 points against the Mavs. We had the Marcos Simonovich playing hero. We had, like, 27-13, and 13, the big buckets to tie the game to send the game to overtime. And then in the two-minute overtime period, I think he had another big basket. It was chest bumping Kobe White. And then he had the game-winning free throw off of an offensive rebound in the final second all the Marco Simonovich hype, the Marco hours, whatever the hell that means uh, was, is in full force. 20, well, like I said, 27 and 13, a uh, bunch of clutch buckets uh, that, but then they run into today uh, against a much better next summer league team that Mavs team. They had what uh, Jaden Hardy, Jaden, right. Is that Jaden Hardy? Right. Yeah, he had Jayden. a big game. He looked great. And they had another guy. I think it was like AJ Lawson hit a bunch of threes at 28, but, not much other, I think, proven like NBA caliber talent on that Mavs summer league team, and they were small. This game against the Knicks, they had Quentin Grimes, who was the best player on the court. Jericho Sims uh, absolutely dominated Marco. And going from that that Mavs team to playing against Jericho Sims, we just saw the huge different difference there for Marco. He had nothing. He had one point. Uh, he and he scored that one point on a free throw in the fourth quarter when the game was obviously already way out of hand. Uh they Quentin Grimes, they had Jericho Sims, they had Miles McBride. Uh just a team with actual NBA guys who have proven a little bit, at least at the NBA level already. And we just, like as you said, from the start, the the, their aggressiveness defensively and with Grimes and McBride running the show offensively, they were just way better, way more talented than this Bulls team. Uh so as fun as that first game was, which the Bulls really had no business winning that first game, they were able to pull it out. This game was just Uh, uh, kind of a check back to reality for some of that Marco hype after that first game, because in that first game, he was, he, I mean, he played well, he put up 27 and 13 he you played really well, but in that game, he was just way like bigger than most of the guys he was going against. He was his, the the weight that he has put on, he's allegedly put on 25 pounds, helped him uh, showed his pretty good hands, did a lot of scoring inside just against a much smaller team against Jericho Sims. He only took five shots. Three of them were threes. They were not even close. Uh, again, he had one point, did not make a single field goal, and was just roasted defensively by Sims, by Micah Potter, destroyed him a few times, was former Wisconsin Badger. Uh, couldn't struggle to defend pick and roll. So just a huge difference between but an opponent quality in this game really showed up in Marco's game. And uh, the, Marco like looked great in the G League last year. He put up great numbers there, but obviously unplayable in the NBA. I think he's probably, he's not as bad as he showed tonight, but I think these couple games for him kind of, you wonder about like, is he like the four, the a player where you can dominate the G league. You can put a big numbers there, but once it comes to playing in the NBA, he just can't hang with those types of athletes. You wonder if that's the case. Obviously you don't want to make just, like full snap judgments based off summer league, but he was clearly just totally outclassed today by Jericho Sims and the other, and the Knicks in general, as for Dale and Terry, he is, he's a very interesting player. Like I said, I didn't see, I didn't watch much of Scott, or Arizona basketball. So I haven't seen that much of him on uh, just from these first couple of games. Like you see what the bulls like in him, just his energy, his passion, uh, the vibes, uh, always looking to fire his teammates up. And then on the court his passing very ambitious. That first game, lots of ambitious passes some really nice passes. Loves throwing those cr- cross court passes to corner shooters. I uh, had a really nice diamond. I think it was Justin Lewis for like his first assist of the game, just like kind of a no look like real quick whip pass. Uh, and defensively again, also energy transition wise. We saw him have a sick and one transition dunk. His athleticism pops. The shooting is hideous. His jump shot is ugly. We've talked about the bulls needing to hi- hire a shooting coach, go fucking hire a shooting coach to fix uh, his Terry's jump shot because it looks bad. The, the broadcast talked about how it needs to be reworked. And it just does that aesthetically is a bad looking jumper. He did make one three. His in the third quarter, part of that big third quarter, he made one three after bricking a couple other ones in the first half when he had zero points and six turnovers, I think, in the first half or something like that. It was a really rough game. And on this Bulls team, that they don't really have any like legit like lead guards. Uh, the ball handling that he's doing a lot of ball handling. And while it's looked okay at times with some of his vision, you see the playmaking, that was. A big thing of his coming out of Arizona was that his, he's a good passer today against the Knicks' ball pressure. Again, six turnovers in the first half, seven overall. Uh, And I think he, he did end, wind up finishing with 13 points, which tied for the uh lead for the Bulls. Uh Had that nice third quarter. But clearly you can see how raw he is offensively as a scorer because it's mostly a transi- transition using this athleticism as a half-court scorer and as a half-court shooter. Long way to go, clearly, there. And you do wonder... Again, I don't want to have any like snap judgment hot takes. I O looked bad. I guess we should have hot takes. Summer league hot takes are the best time to have hot takes. But, like I O looked awful in summer league last year, and then he ended up being a really nice player in, in his rookie season. I O was also like a college, bona fide college star who was a proven big time player at a college level in terms of scoring production and being a, a lead point guard. Terry, as you mentioned, low usage Arizona. He made his hay with his defense and then with his passing. As a guy who can help the Bulls right now, I mean, I would guess project him as a low-minute energy guy who can help with spark with energy, play in transition, play some defense. But offensively, I mean, teams aren't going to guard him. Uh, He's going to have to work on that jumper. Uh, So those those are obviously the two main guys. No one else has really stood out. Justin Lewis has looked all right. He's had a few decent moments. Uh, But what have you seen so far from Terry and from Marco in these first- Yeah,
1: we'll go Terry first. So I thought this was going to be a really interesting setting for him because- First of all, dude, this Bulls Summer League team, there's just not much on it. Like, it's a pretty pathetic roster they put together for Summer League. Uh, it's just an unserious approach <laughs> to coming to Vegas. Like, they have one pretty solid two-way guy in Justin Lewis, who they picked up from Marquette. Big-time scorer at Marquette. Went undrafted. Uh, You know, if you would have told me two months ago that the Bulls got Justin Lewis at 18 and Daylon Terry undrafted, I would have believed you. I would have been like, oh, that's pretty cool. Those are two cool guys to end up with. Uh, While Terry rose, Justin Lewis fell. But I like Justin Lewis on a two-way. I think that that's like a very solid use of the two-way. The other two-way is Malcolm Hill, who's like 27 years old or something now. Weird, weird, Uh, weird. Obviously, he played for the Bulls quite a bit last season when the team got hit by COVID. Yeah. Uh, so they like him, they want to keep him around, but man, to me, that's just like a brutal use of a two-way to have like a 27-inch yeah. whatever guy on there. Like, go pick up another priority UDFA. Go pick up someone like Kenny Lofton, Kenneth Lofton, who's been awesome for the Grizzlies, everyone's uh, favorite player who's watched Summer League so far. I remember watching he's him. and bodying Chet, in right? Alabama, uh, in the FIBA tournament a couple summers ago. Yeah, it was bodying Chet. He's looked awesome. Scotty Pippen Jr., he's looked really good. Another UDFA for the Los Angeles Lakers. So I like the Justin Lewis pickup, but not getting a second legitimate two-way guy is making this summer league roster just look pretty terrible, especially when you factor in that, you know, they didn't have a second round pick this year. So uh, overall poor roster for the summer league. On that
2: point, on that point, quick question. Do you wish that Pat and I O would have played even like a little bit on the summer league team?
1: I'm going to say no, because I don't think that like, They couldn't really look good in that setting because if they dominated, it would be like, okay, they're supposed to dominate. If they struggled, it would be like a red alert. So (laughs) me don't even go to summer league. Uh, They're too established for that. So I'm glad they're not playing, but uh, what is interesting is that without those two guys, Terry's got to be the guy. Terry's the biggest star of the summer league team because everyone else kind of sucks. And As you mentioned, Terry's defining quality is that he was such a low-usage player at Arizona. He had the lowest usage rate on the entire team. It was sub-15% last year. So now he's transitioning into a role on the summer league team where he's supposed to be a star. And what I think you've seen is that his half-court scoring just has a long way to go. And that's like a pretty big area for improvement, like how to score against a set defense. I don't think he's there right now. And while he does have some really solid things you can bet on, the passing really good. I got a few clips from that third quarter today where he was getting downhill, firing one-handed passes to the corner. Uh, He does seem a little right-hand dominant to me right now. And, like, for sure, he's going to have to shore up as a ball handler. That's going to need to be one of his biggest improvements. And then, of course, uh, the catch-and-shoot three-point shot looks bad, as you said. Like, looks like it needs to be totally overhauled. Uh, and then he doesn't have a floater. That was something I've been noticing about him since I was watching Arizona during the college season. So he just needs to figure out how to score against the set defense. And that will help him a lot. And right now I feel like, you know, the turnovers he's had. So let's go over the, his two lines against the Mavs. Terry finishes with nine points on three of seven shooting six assists, five rebounds, six turnovers. And then against the Knicks in this game, Terry goes for 13 points on three at seven shooting, one of three from three, six of eight from the foul line, three assists, uh, one block, only one rebound. But I think in general, he's lived up to the scouting report in the areas where he's pretty good. I think he does look like a long, versatile defender. Uh, I think he's going to be really good in transition. We saw him throw a hit-ahead pass that very reminiscent of Lonzo Ball in transition. For a Bulls team last year, that, that was at its best when it was getting up and down and playing in transition. I think he's a natural fit there. Uh, but... My expectation entering this season is that he's not going to play a big role, and that's because I think his half-court offense is pretty far away. So, you know, I mentioned right after the draft, the Bulls need to hire a shooting coach. I was happy today to see Brian and Kevin from the Dennis Podman podcast also tweet about the Bulls <laughs> hiring a shooting coach. They need a shooting coach. When you're going to take a guy like Dalen Terry in the first round, 18, higher than anyone thought he was going to go a month ago, and the big red flag in his profile is his jump shot. I think Io and Pat both look like pretty good shooters uh, in the NBA level so far, but that's when they take it. And they just don't shoot at enough volume. Both of them turn down open looks too often. Slow so releases. It's like another one of these guys where like they have to get better shooting out of their young guys. And Will Gottlieb mentioned to us today that he has Justin Lewis in summer league. You know, Which assistant coach do you work with to shoot? And Justin Lewis didn't really have an answer. So, to me, that's huge organizational malpractice for a team that makes as much revenue as the Bulls do. Got to hire a shooting coach. But Ontario in general, uh, I don't want to say I've been totally discouraged because I do think he's been good in some areas, for sure. His passing looks pretty awesome. Love his length. Love his energy. His activity on the defensive end. He looks like he's going to be a good defender, I think, in the league. But uh, I think he's got a long way to go. Just because of the half court score.
2: Yeah. And I know people like were in my mentions, like seemingly disappointed with Terry, just because I think because he's like not dominating, he's not really scoring much. He doesn't look to score much. And I think people, and this is where in the draft, you run into like, well, the Bulls are like trying to win now. Like, could they have taken somebody more ready, maybe a bit, a bit better fit in terms of like what, what their needs? Like, we know they needed shooting and they took a guy that does not seem like he'll be able to make an impact as a shooter, as a scorer for a few years at the like the very least so like I think people could be frustrated if he doesn't do much uh because of that kind of thing because he's not helping really fill a huge need right now again I can see the vision of why they like him because the things that he can do but the things that he can't do definitely stand out a lot considering it's also an area of major need for the Bulls. so like it'll definitely be interesting to see the kind of improvement he makes if he does play right away like we'll see it like I said I would agree with you that As of right now, he probably won't be playing much uh, because the Bulls have a lot of guards, but I mean they don't have that many wings and like big wings. And he is what six seven with that like seven foot wingspan, so like they really could use a guy with that size on the wing. But he he just does not seem like he'll be ready yet. But
1: last thing I want to say on Terry, yeah his game is built to be around better scorers. Like he's very much a connective piece in yeah. the summer league Bulls team has no score. So right. instead he's sort of miscast as a lead guy. Yeah. And the problem with him as a lead guy is that he doesn't have any scoring gravity. Like he's a good passer, but when he's getting downhill or when he gets the ball at the top of the key, like the defense isn't threatened by his own scoring ability and to really unlock himself as a passer and just an overall player. Like, he's got to develop a bat. We got a dog. Now we need to try to teach him how to be a hooper. (laughs) So, uh, I think that, you know, when you get him on the court, you know, let's just say a hypothetical lineup. of Like, I think he fits really well with Zach. So, give me, like, Zach, Dalen, give me Lonzo, give me Pat Will, give me Drummond. Uh, A lineup like that, I think, could be pretty interesting because Dalen can just plug a lot of holes as like a supplemental playmaker, as someone who can get you into transition. And, you know, just as like a versatile defender. So there's things he does well, but I think that he's going to be at his best next to good players. Like, I don't think he's a guy who's gonna look good when he's supposed to be the best player. that makes makes sense. So, you know, this isn't the right role for him in summer league.
0: Makes sense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Marco, what are your thoughts?
1: Marco, is he an NBA player? I am not optimistic on Marco whatsoever. So he had a pretty good year in the G League last year. I don't have his numbers in front of me. Do you, Jason? I do not. I mean, he was putting up double doubles on the regular. Okay, I actually got it. I got it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Couldn't find that tab. Okay. 17 points a game, 10 rebounds, 2.7 assists, uh, shot 81.6% from the foul line. He took nearly three attempts per game from three and hit 27% of them, 53% shooting overall, played 30 minutes a game. But here's the big red flag to me about Marco and this G League profile and why I've never been super high on him. 0.5 blocks and 0.5 steals per game like not that you just want to only look at the box score but dude this is like very similar to Markinen, who just like could not really make an impact defensively I think Simonovic uh his looks rough on the defensive end and that's why I'm not super high on him as a prospect for the Bulls short term or long term uh I think he got roasted in space a couple times against the Mavs and than today against a really athletic, strong big man in Jericho Sims, who, yeah, he has great physical tools, great athleticism, but he's also like the third or fourth string center on the neck who sucks. So uh, he Marco just got completely dominated in yeah. this match, as you said. So uh, I'm not high on Marco. I think he's a poor defensive big man. And then offensively, he scores with like hustle, offensive rebounding, Decent touch around the rim. And then, like, he's got this developing skill where he likes to take the 18 foot jumper. He'll take some threes, but he's just not that skilled yet. He's like no. a skill level guy. His
2: three like, point guy shooting is
1: ugly. He needs to be skilled to win in the NBA. And his skill is still like pretty far away. So uh, I'm not high on Marco. I don't think he looks like an NBA player right now. I think it looks like a big mistake that the Bulls gave him a three year deal. And you know, you I don't want to overreact too much this Knicks game because he did play pretty well against the Mavs. I don't think he's like totally useless. No, I do think that like he could just bring some energy and size to the front court, but in terms of like him having a ceiling to be a regular rotation guy, I'm pretty skeptical of that ever happening. And uh, certainly was not an encouraging showing tonight against the
2: Knicks. Yeah, it'd be really nice if he could develop that three point shot. But that's all his three is really ugly. Which is he does he's a good free throw shooter, like he said, eighty percent, eighty one percent in the G League last year L- against the Mavs. I think he was like seven of eight. And I think the one miss he like intentionally missed at the very end there. But like his three point shot is ugly. He took one. His first one today was not even close. All backboard. He missed a couple other open ones, just not even like we're in and out. So like his three point shot is ugly. Yeah, and then defensively, he just can't really move that great. He had a few okay off defensive plays. He had the one big one, I think, late against the Mavs, but again, the Mavs were like, that was like, uh, the Mavs were kind of a mess down the stretch. Uh, But in general, and like today, it was a total, total disaster. Sims, Potter, the Knicks guards all had their way with the Bulls. There was miscommunication. It was just getting lost, being too slow. So yeah, the thing with Marco, it's like, whatever. He's a second-round pick. Like You can't he was obviously pretty raw coming up from Europe. The problem just was that they gave him that guaranteed contract. I think next year is non-guaranteed on that deal. I don't think it was a full three-year guaranteed deal. I think the first two were guaranteed, but still like last year when Marco was in the G league all year, he should have been on a two-way contract. He shouldn't have been taking up a bulls roster spot. You can argue that he should be a two-way guy like that him and Justin Lewis should be the two-way guys this year. And that the bulls could use that roster spot on somebody else because yeah, right now it just does not seem like he can play an NBA level. He can, he has some nice attributes. Like I said, he plays plays pretty hard. Today he did not play hard. Today it was just an awful awful effort from basically almost everybody. But uh and he can that he can hack it against these G League guys, and that was the Mavs front court was like a G League front court he, because he's big. He tries, he's gotten stronger, and that clearly helped in that Mavs game. But going up against a guy who has the clear athletic advantage in Sims. And against the guys that he'll play against in the NBA, with the size, athleticism, and stuff like that, he couldn't get open. Guard, guard, the guards also were not doing obviously not doing a good job getting him the ball. He only took five shots, and like several of those were late. But like still, so like could not create any advantages for himself against Sims, and really not against the other potter either. He tried to. I think there was one possession where he tried to take Sims off the dribble, and it was just awful. Sims totally stoned him. It wasn't even even close couldn't really do anything inside or get any looks inside. So like, again, the, the issue just seems like he can like his size and like decent skill level can like, it helps him in the G league where he is bigger than most guys in the G league. He's and he's a bit better just overall. And that helps him rack up stats. But in the NBA, just doesn't seem like he can hack it right now. Obviously I'm not going to write the guy off. He did add a lot of weight this off season. Hopefully that'll help. Maybe you can give spot minutes here or there, but, uh, I mean right now like do you assume is he going to be the I think and I saw our guy Mark talk about like he doesn't like he can he really can't play center in the NBA because he's too slow he can't you can't really anchor a defense with him but can he really be a power forward either because he's not that nimble on the perimeter he can't shoot right now doesn't really have much off the dribble juice he has some okay as a passer he did have I think a couple nice passes today or I think there was one of them I can't remember if the layup was blown but So he has had two and a half assists per game or whatever. Not bad for a seven footer. Obviously it's pretty solid, but uh, it seems like he's like decently skilled, but not skilled enough to like really make it work. And then to, to overcome the lack of athleticism at the NBA level. So yeah, right now it just seems again, like a four, a player just can do really well in G league, but can't hack in the NBA. We'll see if he can get past that. We'll see how he bounces back from this bad game against the Raptors next time out on Tuesday.
1: So the biggest problem with the Bulls right now is Jerry Reinsdorf's shitty ownership <laughs> and just like generally being poor. You saw what Gallo signed for. It. it was two years, like 13 and a half million. The Bulls couldn't beat that deal if they really wanted him. Just pathetic the way they approached, like trying to split the mid-level exception in two, but treating it as like a $6 million mid-level exception or seven million one one instead of the full thing because they didn't want to pay the luxury tax. Really disappointing from the Bulls. So that's their biggest problem. Their second biggest problem is that Karnaschovas and Eversley are not very good on the margins. Marco should not be taking up a roster spot. Malcolm Hill should not be taking up a two-way. And sending a totally unserious summer league team to Vegas is just like more evidence that while they have done some really great stuff at the top of the roster, signing Caruso, getting Lonzo, getting DeRozan, the stuff at the bottom of the roster has been... Pretty unexciting. And man, it feels like there's just a lot riding on Pat Williams and even IO to a certain extent uh, taking the next step. So those are big sort of uh, question marks to this point. But a lot of the stuff on the bottom of the roster has been pretty discouraging.
2: Yeah, for sure. And like, obviously, bottom of the roster, a lot of hit or miss stuff. There's just been, I feel like, too much miss and just too much weirdness on the margins as well. Like you mentioned that contracts stuff with like Marco and the the player option for Tony Bradley and they and they gave Derek Jones Jr. and Andre Drummond player options. I feel like for no reason they gave Drummond they used part or the mid level for Drummond when they could have probably given him the minimum and gotten him as well. Uh, I mean maybe he would have gone somewhere else if they would have only offered the minimum. I think what they gave him was just over the minimum. Uh, I guess we don't know obviously exactly what was going on there, but like. Andre Drummond is like a minimum. He's like a backup. He's a veteran backup big man, which is basically a minimum player at this point on the NBA. So like, I don't know. Yeah. So not that, Certainly not that exciting. There's been some clearly clear misses there that have been kind of disappointing and just some kind of weirdness there. You talk about like a lot riding on Pat uh, and uh, the young guy and internal development, obviously also health and a big part of that is Lonzo ball. There was a, kind of Lonzo ball update today. Billy Donovan was on the summer league broadcast, but it was more of just the, well, you know, he's making progress. He's getting better, which again, and I think Lonzo was at, I think somebody asked Lonzo about to like do an interview or ask him, I can't remember who it was. And he like, did, just like shut it down. Didn't want to say anything. Just a lot of vague stuff about Lonzo. Uh, And obviously I, I know, I understand why they're going to be secretive, but like the more you just like, don't hear like, yeah, like he'd be ready to go right now. Like he'd be fine and then so oh, we're hoping he'll be good for tra- the next season training camp. Like you just worry about what the hell is going on there. Uh, the more like all these just like vague answers and non-answers uh, makes you worry about how the knee, uh, about the status of his knee. Like I said, if he still like couldn't play in a game right now on July 10th, what is it? Seven months after he had the surgery. I and mean, that is a huge red flag for given what this injury was and what surgery he had. So like, It'd be really nice right now if they could say, oh, yeah, like Lonzo looks great. He'd be good to go right now if there was a game. Uh, If we had a regular season game, like a meaningful game, he'd be able to play. But like we're not really getting any of that. How concerned are you, Ricky, about Lonzo Ball's knee?
1: Yeah, so here's what Donovan said today on Lonzo. He said, quote, every day he seems to be improving. I think that the progress he has made has been steady. He keeps showing that progress. And that's really what we all hope to continue to see we're obviously all hopeful that it will happen faster, but he is making progress. So I've been saying that there has not been a positive Alonzo ball injury update since the injury has happened. And I'm not counting this one as positive either. Like, yeah, he said he's making progress, but
2: you know, nothing definitive. And we're all hoping it would be faster. I mean, that's, I feel like that's, that's a red flag.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like you said, uh, it's just unreal. Seven months later, not being able to come back from this bone bruise. I will say, though, he doesn't need to come back right now. It's July right. 10th. yeah, And, obviously. you know, can he be good by In the next couple? When's training three, camp? Three months? Over? October? Months? Yeah. Three months. So, he still does have a pretty long recovery window. I think that's encouraging. Uh, But, yeah. Rough. Like, you know, just... All I want is Lonzo ball is cleared for, you know, full speed, everything and is back in the gym
2: playing summer basketball. Yeah, I guess even that, like they could give an update. That's just like Lonzo ball has been cleared for full basketball activities. They do that with injuries sometimes. Like they do that. I'd be like, all right, here we go. Like, that's perfect. Uh, but we haven't gotten that. It's just been this making progress. He's getting better every day. It's like, all right, well, I guess we're we'll just have to take them at the word that it, it's all okay and that he'll be fine once training comes around it's really all we can do at this point it's hard it's definitely so hard not to be a little pessimistic about it, just given the nature of this injury and just how he, there have been these setbacks that have really just make made this recovery drag out and he's just so vital to the team right? exactly. like if they don't have Lonzo this year like I'm not gonna
1: say I don't want to watch because I'm so <laughs> gonna be excited but it's going to be a rough, rough season, I think, if they don't have Lonzo. And, you know, we shouldn't speculate that Lonzo's going to, like, miss the whole season or not play again or something. Three months is a pretty long recovery window to get back to being playable. But, yeah, it's just – it's concerning. So, I'm not trying to sort of speculate on what sort of condition he will be when he – will be in when he comes back but I will say the bulls really need Lonzo. Like he's a super critical piece to making the team, the best version of itself. So get well soon, man.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's about it for what we got right now. Uh, I know Zach officially signed his contract uh, a couple days ago. Uh, he seems like he got basically everything he wanted player option, trade kicker. Uh, and what was the other thing? I think no injury protections. I think it's all, it's 215 million guaranteed. The bulls ponied up for him. Uh, had to pay Jerry, Jerry to do it. Biggest contract by far that he's ever handed out. Of course, now they're, they're not going to the luxury tax. So they'll be getting raking in that sweet luxury tax money. They obviously raked it in this year. And then as of right now, they're in a position to rake it in again, uh, this upcoming season as well. Uh, so maybe that took the sting off giving Zach this 215 million fully guaranteed. Uh, also announced that he's, he will be having uh, a baby with him and his, uh, I think fiance. I don't know if they're married yet, but. Uh, we'll be b- welcoming their first child. Congrats to them. Big week for Zach signing a $250 million contract and, uh, having a kid on the way. So good for Zach. Uh, I think that was basically just about it for bulls news. Anything else? Any comments on, on the Zach contract, anything else you got? Not really. All right. Yep. Yeah. Today was exciting. Uh, WNBA all-star game in Chicago at Wintrust arena. Uh, so Sylvia Fowles threw out a dunk former Sky Star. That was pretty sick. And people were going nuts over that. Uh and uh what was it? Uh Allie Quigley, right? Won another three-point contest yesterday. Four, so that was her fourth, right? Her fourth. Yeah. yeah, fourth uh three-point contest win. So congrats to her. Uh Sky Legend. So cool stuff for there. So the sky are one of the only like good things going in Chicago sports right now. Them and like the Chicago Wolves, and I don't know who like the red stars are any good, but the White Sox have been miserable even though they they finally won a couple in our Tigers. The Cubs suck. The Bears suck. The Bulls are kind of whatever right now at this offseason. The Blackhawks are a joke. So <laughs> Chicago Sky, fun weekend, all-star weekend for them. Uh, good stuff for them in the WNBA. So uh, good for them. But that's going to do it for us here at Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. Uh, next summer league game, as I mentioned, is I believe Tuesday at like 4 p.m., uh, against the Raptors, I will not be watching. I will be going to watch a, Cubs, a shitty Cubs game. I'm going to the game on Tuesday night against the Orioles, red hot Orioles. But 4 p. I believe it is 4 p.m. against the Raptors. Hopefully, they can bounce back from a rough performance. Uh, As always, a spirit cash shout out to the Blue hour Network. Please go check out the great content all across the Blue Air Network. With summer league in full swing. I know a lot of people are out there at summer league in Vegas. Always a fun time. Uh, for us here at cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Citra, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bulls underscore J. You follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. I, I've written a few recaps over at Blogable about these summer league games. You can see some highlights from that first game at Bloggable. Much more fun than what we saw today. A 32-point loss against the Knicks. So for Jason and Ricky, this has been Cash Considerations, A Chicago podcast. We'll probably be back some, maybe sometime in the next week or so. More summer league action. We'll see if uh, the, the NBA free agency is cut is ground to a halt. Uh, with the KD Kyrie stuff that's going nowhere right now, so we'll see if there's anything else that happens over the next coming up here in the next week or so. So again, Cash Considerations, A Chicago po- podcast. We will talk to you guys next time.
0: This is last year's Bulls. Not last year's bulls.